bugs me about the internet are these commercials that pop up all the time. Now, maybe I'm cheap and I haven't bought the right thing so that I get rid of the commercials, but these ones that particularly irk me are ones that give the promise, say, like a pill that will take care of everything. So I tell you, if I stood up here and said, I have a pill here in my hand that if you take this pill, you'll lower your blood pressure, you'll get rid of the bad cholesterol, you'll increase the good cholesterol, you'll grow hair again on your head, and every ailment that you have, every arthritic pain in your body will go. Just take this pill. But the way the commercials go on the internet, they start out with something like that, and then they say, read on. So I click. And then it goes on and it says, uh, these wealthy companies don't want you to know this. This will break those companies. Read on. And you keep going on. If you get sucked into it like I sometimes do, but haven't in a long time, uh, it is just tiresome to keep going on and on and reading and getting to the point you think they're going to say it on this page, and then you have to go again. And you just keep doing that. Well, today Jesus does something like that in the Scriptures. In fact, if, uh, if you could, you can't probably see this page from where you're sitting, but this side is the gospel today. It's not even a quarter of the page. I think it's the shortest gospel I read in the whole year, or the three-year cycle. It's just incredibly brief, and yet, in four verses, there are at least, at least nine things that are said of Jesus or the Father. This is like a, a pill that has it all. Listen to this. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. That is in, in itself enough. Are we his sheep? Do we hear it? I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can take them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can take them out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. That's an incredible passage. It's saying incredible things, a whole host of things. And if we believe it, if we believe what Jesus is saying, and that's why the church makes a big thing out of this Good Shepherd Sunday, because of the things that the Good Shepherd says. And the Good Shepherd says, follow me. I am the way. And if, if you follow my way, you'll come to the truth. And this truth will give you life. It'll even give you eternal life. You'll never perish. So if we hear these things, uh, then, then we have the promise and the gift of life eternal. And people who really hear this and who really believe this, I think are people who can go to their death in peace. I've told you this before, how many times I've gone to the bedside of someone to anoint them, and, and as I'm doing it, I explain to them when I put the oil on them, I lay the hand on them, and when I put the oil on them, that it will be absorbed in, because what you're absorbing is God's love in this moment in your suffering, in your pain, in your dying, that he's here with you. And very often I'll see a, a single tear come out. One of my best, I don't know if I told you this, but about a month and a half ago, I went, uh, someone came after Mass and said, Father, my, my grandma needs to be anointed. And the, the, it was both the grandson and the father. And so I said, I'll go. So I get over there in the afternoon, and here she was, this frail little thing, just skinny and frail. This could be, I think she's 99, I think. Um, and uh, I told her what I was going to do in Spanish, and she listened. She was very responsive, very alert. 
And so uh, when I went to make the sign of the cross to begin the prayer, she had to get her hand out of the cover. She just had to. And she was struggling, and she finally got her hand out, and she did the slow sign of the cross. And then, and then um, I, as I went on, and I lay hands, lay hands on her, and when I anointed her, um, she reached up with her hand, and I thought, what's she doing? What's she doing? What's she doing? And she blessed me. This is a typical uh, old Latino thing, to bless uh, their children and bless the father. And I'm sure on Mother's Day, most Latinos have done this. But um, I was so touched by her incredible faith at that moment that she had to participate. And I'd say she believed in the Good Shepherd, clearly. But I ask you, do all of us, in the readings we hear that there were people that didn't. In the first reading, Paul and Barnabas are preaching, and the whole town practically, it says, almost the whole town was out there rejoicing in this word. But there were others who didn't believe in it. They were the leaders who then stirred up the prominent men and women uh, that were worshiping in the Jewish uh, context, and they stirred them up to go out and perse persecute them and push them and get them out of the city, and so they left, shook the dust from their feet and left. Not everybody listened. But in the second reading, we have something quite different. Because you see, listening to the Good Shepherd inevitably, and maybe people know this or in some way they know this and are afraid of it, it inevitably means that we will suffer. We will. For example, Jesus says clearly, forgive, forgive. I personally think it's one of the hardest things that we can do as a Christian, especially people who have deeply hurt us. Somebody who's been divorced, and they say that divorce is worse than the death of a spouse because there's rejection included. So divorce can be very painful. And as I tell people when I'm preparing them for marriage or, or when they're having marriage difficulties, I tell them, if they ever get to the point where they have to separate, I'd always recommend a separation before a divorce. Because sometimes a separation is the thing that pushes everything into high gear to heal and reconcile. Not always. But if people separate and then they try to come back together and it doesn't work, and they realize we've got to divorce, I always tell them there's two ways to divorce. The first way is to do it maturely, respectfully, caring for your children together and saying this, let's be fair, let's be just, let's split it all equally, and let's be humane. We can divorce, but still be friends. That's good. Maybe rare, I don't know. But the other way is la guerra. Vámonos. Take them for everything you can. Beat them up. Make them miserable because they've made me miserable. And that's what eats your soul. It's not Jesus' way. Not Jesus' way. Or Jesus also says, and this is crazy stuff, Pray for your enemies. Bless those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. So, without raising your hands, think of somebody who's hurt you most in your life. Can you bless them? Do you pray for them? doesn't mean you have to be friends or go out to peace with them. In fact, I say, you know, when you've lost confidence in someone and they become toxic to you, that doesn't mean you have to hate them. It just may mean that I, I can't be in relationship with them. It's too painful. I, I, I don't trust myself in relationship with them. But I do want good for them, and I ask God to bless them. 
I don't need to be near them, but I want God to be good to them. That is Jesus' way. And if we do that, there's suffering involved. You know, uh, when you bless someone who continually continues to, to persecute you, that's painful. And yet, that's what that second reading says. It, it talks also about crowds of people who came to know Jesus, who loved Jesus and his word. And it says they washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. Red blood. How is that so? Washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. The paradox is that it is through the blood. Jesus was covered with it, and yet covered with his own blood dying, he was able to say, Father, forgive them all. They know not what they do. That's Jesus' way. Love those who hate you, and don't let them make you or think they can make you haters just because they are. That's the way, the truth and the life. So today, I think on this Good Shepherd Sunday, the only thing we're being asked to do is to listen to the voice, to hear the voice. Because if we listen and truly hear it, and we hear it deep inside where transformation can take place, the promise and the gift is that it will produce new life in us, a different life. So on this Good Shepherd Sunday, where we are really pushed and pulled and lifted to hear this word, we are told if we hear it, we will have life. We will have life eternal. All we need to do is listen.